Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can figure out what you're actually worth in the dating marketplace. And before we do that, please do subscribe. My most recent subscriber episode was why wanting a dominant or alpha man or a highly sexual woman, something that uh, the respective opposite gender always idealizes, each of those things, uh, may not be what you specifically really actually want if you take a a wider perspective. But uh, then again, maybe it is. But there's downsides to everything and you learn about those in yesterday's subscriber episode. So please do subscribe. That is separate from my Facebook group, which you can also join. That's growing rapidly. The funnier statuses that I make about it on Facebook, the more people join. (laughs) So that is separate. That's $4.99 a month if you'd like to meet up with and uh, discuss life with people who think I'm funny. Seems to be what the commonality is (laughs) and are interested in the things that I discuss. Um, anyway, so figure out your actual worth. So obviously all human beings have worth. They all have value. What I'm talking about is, um, you know, some people appeal to more people than other people do. This is uh, just basic economics, right? I mean, there are some products that are going to appeal to a wider consumer base and therefore, you know, more people want them. You know, and if more people want you, then you can be pickier. And if not more people want you, then then you have to be less pickier. You should never end up with somebody that's terrible. But what what, what I mean is is this. Like, so for example, sometimes, and these are like the major things I talked about, what is the way to make you uh, more worthwhile? That was in the description. Not worthwhile, but y- you see my point. More more um, appealing to the mainstream, right? So for a man... Um, everybody says, all right, they got to be tall. They got to have money. All right, sure. Women like tall women like money, whatever. Um, plenty of men who are short, get laid quite a bit, get married, etc. That's why there continue to be short men, right? <laughs> Cause the short men are having kids like obviously. Um, and, uh, men do not need a lot of money to have wives. As I see frequently in my practice, as I've said, more and more women become the primary breadwinner, uh, over time. I see more and more women who are the primary breadwinner. But anyway, a, a main effect is that of uh, men, you know, what makes them attractive is taller men, men with more money, men with more prestigious jobs. Um, these are all things that make you have more worth in the dating marketplace. You can't change those things, though. I mean, you know, you can't change your height. You can't really change your net worth. You can, but, you know, you can't buy tomorrow. Um, what you really can change, though, is your open-mindedness and your, um, basically your, your openness, you know, just really being open and being not difficult (laughs) are two ways that you immediately increase your value in the dating marketplace, because you may not realize that you have a chip on your shoulder and you do. So if you've ever heard that you're difficult or that you have a chip on your shoulder, 
you're making yourself like 1 million times less attractive. And people don't really realize this at all, you know, because if you do have a chip on your shoulder or you're difficult, then you were raised by at least one parent who is difficult. And they usually act like there's a real benefit to being difficult, you know, like that. It makes means you're savvy or you're, you're uh, smart or you are, you know, just really those two, that you're savvy and smart. You're not just like the average idiot, you know. But in reality, people hate people who act difficult and um, and who are, are hard to deal with. And I see a lot of exchanges uh, in online dating because I have a lot of clients and people share with me what these messages look like. And there's people that you just don't want to get to know because they're just difficult. And so let me get to the female one. So obviously I've done podcasts about how men don't only want supermodels and it's only the most cynical women who've had prior bad experiences in their family of origin as well as in dating that think that men just want, you know, skinny women with D-cup breasts that are uh, have the face of an angel. Like they don't, you know, I mean, they want all sorts of women. And still, yet again, what's the number one thing that they really want when push comes to shove after, you know, of course, somebody has to look at you and find you attractive enough to swipe. But after that, so many conversations peter out. So what I'm helping you with is increasing the amount of people you can appeal to after the initial swipe. Can't do anything about how you look. Some people are just more attractive than other people. And if you want to work on that, I'm not the person. I am not a makeup artist or a, uh, you know, a stylist of any sort or a, a photographer. But what I can help you with is not to be one of the people that ends up having these conversations that go nowhere or a few dates that then go to nothing. And the reason that people, after they pass this initial looks or height or whatever test, the reason that they don't end up um, getting pursued by whoever they're talking to is generally this, because they're difficult. The women can be difficult. The men can be difficult. They can be difficult in different ways. So with the women, the most... um, frequent way that they are closed-minded and that they can grow more open-minded is sexually and physically. So if you are expecting that a man in his 40s, let's say, is going to be interested in some endless chase where it's going to be three, four dates and for some reason you haven't had sex yet, he's not. If you don't like sex, though, or you really, really, really need to wait until you know somebody and this is like a core facet of your identity that you've explored and this is like your deepest value is like not to have sex before you've known somebody for like some arbitrary number of dates, well, then you do you. But what you have to understand is you're obviously limiting the number of guys who are going to enjoy being with you. Now, frequently women say, no, 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 they're just going to sleep with you. They're never going to call you again. Let me tell you something. That isn't really what happens. What really happens is a man sleeps with you and he enjoys sleeping with you. He feels even closer to you. He loves it. It was a great experience. You think he only wants to do that one time? What the hell? Why? I mean, like, you know, if somebody likes riding a roller coaster, aren't they going to go get back on the roller coaster? They're not like, yeah, nah, I went on that. You know, it was like the most awesome experience of my life. Never want to do it again. And that doesn't even make any sense. So, again... What I'm trying to do is to uh, dispel illusions. That's like kind of my my uh, subtitle of the podcast, you know, uh, Dr. Psych Mom Show, I Dispel Illusions. And one of these illusions is, is this, that 
people are going to want to deal with a lot of hoops. People don't like to deal with a lot of hoops. They find those people difficult. If your core identity is being difficult, you are going to have fewer people that want to be with you. Maybe those people will end up more compatible. Or maybe you want to look internally and say, am I too close-minded? Is the reason that I do not have the relationship that I want because I am very difficult to deal with in whatever way the opposite sex, if I'm dating the opposite sex, um, or really just humanity, um, things would be difficult. So there are, I see so many like messages or people tell me about messages or exchanges where it's like, there's like a problem, like right away, you know, like, oh, um, I, I, I don't like this kind of food. I don't like driving there. I don't like this. I don't like that. Now, who wants to deal with that? Nobody wants to deal with that, you know, and it also, then there becomes like these sexual negotiations. Like he wanted to go home with me. I didn't want to go with him, go home with him. Okay, do you like him? Oh, I do like him. Are you attracted to him? I am attracted to him. Why didn't you want to go home with him? Oh, um, I'm, I don't do that. But why not? <laughs> why don't you do that? I'm talking to somebody who's like a 50-year-old woman. You're not a virgin anymore. You know, like you, you like the guy. You're attracted to the guy. Like, like what stops you then, you know, from going home with him if you want to? Well, he'll only hurt me. So this is a closed-minded, anxious person, right? This is a person who is experiencing desire, who might have had a wonderful experience, you know, but is, is closing herself off from it because of certain unintelligent interrogated biases about the world, particularly biases that are relevant in this case would be that men are bad, men will hurt you. So uh, men don't want to deal with that shit. You know, they could smell it on you a mile away, especially if it's their second marriage. They don't want anybody who remotely thinks that men are pieces of shit. Right. I mean, make makes sense. Right. So in the inverse makes sense, too. So the man who's like, mm, nah, I, I can't do Tuesday because I have uh, CrossFit. Well, motherfucker, like if you like the woman, right, maybe you don't go to CrossFit. Maybe that day you just take a run, right? I mean, shit, like are you a fitness model or are you a man that's trying to get a date with like the most uh, attractive in every way possible woman? Because such a woman isn't going to last through a lot of hoops, you know, and difficulties and reschedulings. You know, it's bad enough when people have kids and they can't move their kids' schedule, but if it's like impossible for you as a man to make a date because of your your exercise class and then your work meeting and then you know you you can't even change like random ass shit you know like like that you said oh well I go to the grocery store on Wednesdays well guess what don't go to the grocery store on Wednesdays go instead to the grocery store on Thursday you know or whatever so when you're very close-minded about change about growth about openness about new ideas about new people and so do you know why men do that I mean what's relevant is it's the exact same reason so guys who are very difficult to get like um to kind of have that initial date with who have some sort of issue or problem or constant scheduling issues or whatever, they fear and dislike women from experiences that they've had, which is similar to what the men, the women feel about not going home with the man too soon because they feel like then the man will hurt them. So these men usually feel the same thing when you dig underneath. It's not just that they're difficult. They think women are out to manipulate and they're selfish and they just try to get it their way. So then subconsciously or possibly even consciously, 
subconsciously the man is saying, it's not going to go your way, honey, because I'm not going to go to the Chinese restaurant on the night that you suggested it. And it's like, okay, what do you win? You win not being with that woman, you know, or any woman that is, uh, you know, wants to go to Chinese food on a Wednesday. So you have to be open-minded if you want to increase your worth uh, in the dating market and be more pursued by more people that are of a wider variety and thus including ones who you might find more appealing and more attractive than whoever you're currently um, interacting with. You got to open your mind and be as flexible and um, and open really. I mean there's not too many so many synonyms I could say. The word is open. You got to be open on the dating market especially after divorce. So many people get divorced because the partner has been difficult. So if you in any way appear to be difficult, it's not going to work. Now, you might say, if you're like a master Dr. Psych Mom show aficionado, you might say, but what about that you say that women who want to get taken care of should not, for example, split the check on the first date? Isn't that not being very open and generous? Listen, <laughs> you're allowed to have preferences. Just like I'm telling the guys, don't, don't keep keep waiting past a few dates for the woman to sleep with you. If you like sex, she should sleep with you. So it's the same thing. If you like to get taken care of, he should pay for the date. I mean, like, of course, you want to see that he's going to want to take care of you, that it isn't um, going to be this business-like cold arrangement. Of course, after the first few dates, if you're in a relationship, then most people start splitting, you know, because it doesn't matter. Like you pay one, I pay one. You know, never don't date somebody just based on money unless truly your value is is to be with a rich person. I mean, that's not very deep, but you know, whatever, you do you. But like if your value is to be with a man who wants to be romantic and to take care of you, at least in the generation of people that I'm speaking to, that is signified by the man paying in the first date. Maybe not Gen Z coming up, maybe it's going to be totally different. But, you know, if you are even in your, you know, mid-30s and up, usually it means that the man pays on the first date, indicates that he is a romantic and wants to take care of a woman. Just like if the woman wants to be intimate within the first few dates, she's a highly sexual person. So if you're looking for a highly sexual person, I'm never compromising what's deeply, deeply important to you. But it seems like many people think that somehow they're going to get the same caliber of person no matter what. You're not. You're not going to get the same caliber of person no matter what. Because there are women who are really shooting themselves in the foot here, saying that they want an alpha, confident man, but then they're not going to sleep with him until like, you know, a couple months into it. What the hell? What kind of alpha confident man is that wants sex, that enjoys sex, is going to wait that long when he's not 16 or 18 years old? None. None. So then what you end up with, who will wait that long, are the low sex drive men. You know, who maybe are not as alpha and who may be a little depressed or have low T because it is unusual for a man to have low sex drive, especially in dating, such that there needs to be a problem. Usually. Some people just have low sex drive, but I never heard a woman say that what they want in a partner is a low sex drive. That's funny, right? Because it's not very funny, but it's it's ironic because a lot of them don't want to have sex later, but every woman instinctively kind of knows that the more confident, active, um, interesting, attractive men generally, you know, are have a normal sex drive. They have normal levels of testosterone. So either way, uh, you're not going to get the same person being um, closed-minded as you are being open-minded. 
Now, if you're, again, like if you're like, no way, no how, I'm totally not comfortable, um, you know, not going to CrossFit on Wednesdays, or I'm totally not comfortable with having sex on the uh, fourth date or whatever, then cool. But you then don't complain <laughs> and kind of acknowledge that what you're doing is, is you're getting a very uh, much smaller subset of the available people out there. And that is usually enough to start to interrogate, why am I this way? Is it out of fear? Is it out of fear is the key question because you don't want fear to be a main driver of how you interact. That's never a good thing. So if fear, if fear of getting hurt, fear of getting taken advantage of, fear of being exploited, if these are your drivers in terms of how you operate in the dating market, then it is really um, highly likely that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and that with all of the superstitious waiting till sex and waiting until, you know, the woman shows that she will capitulate on the choice of restaurant, all this stuff, it's, it's, you're going to somehow end up a hundred percent. I guarantee with somebody that makes you unhappy because your, your, your self-fulfilling prophecy here is that the opposite sex is out to hurt me. So in that case, as I've discussed numerous times, you end up drawn to what's familiar. So in this case, if you realize that fear is a big driver for you when dating, therapy can really help you understand why and work through it so that you can date with an open mind, no matter what you decide to do about sex, scheduling, paying, anything else. You, you, this, the overarching idea behind this is you want to recognize if fear and insecurity and scarcity um, and, and uh, fear of exploitation are your, your, your main, uh, you know, philosophical underpinnings to your dating life. And if so, you really need to work on that before you can truly um, get up to what your full potential is in terms of how much you could be enjoying yourself, all the people you could be meeting, and um, how you could be, you know, uh, possibly finding an intimate relationship, which is generally the goal of dating. All right. Hope this was useful and interesting. And please do subscribe and I'll talk to y'all soon.